Before we begin today's show, I'd like to say a big thank you to today's Castaway sponsor, TK Maxx. I'm so excited to be part of their Give Up Clothes for Good campaign, which raises funds to support Cancer Research UK for children and young people. And you lovely listeners, you can get involved too, because I know you've all been doing clear outs of your wardrobe over the last few months. So just drop off a bag of your pre-loved quality clothes, accessories and homeware at any TK Maxx store. Your items will then be sold in Cancer Research UK shops and all the money raised funds research into cancers affecting children and young people. Not only that, but you'll also be giving your pre-loved items a second life by diverting them from landfill. Win-win! Thank you, TK Maxx, for sponsoring this episode. Today, I'm joined by the incredible podcaster and entrepreneur, Irene Ogbontian, host of TTYA Talks, aka Taller Than Your Average. Irene started the podcast back in 2015 as an inclusive space for the excluded girl. She's had everyone from Maya Jama to FKA Twigs sharing their truths in order to encourage the younger generation with their own entrepreneurial journeys. As well as leading inspiring conversations with industry leaders, Irene works on the inside, promoting diversity and inclusion as a consultant for leading brands. On today's episode, we speak about how the Black Lives Matter movement has affected Irene. And importantly, she shares some really powerful Black podcasts, including the hilarious Receipts podcast, the prolific ancillary podcast to Rennie Edo Lodge's book about race, and the New York-based culture podcast, The Read, with Kid Fury and Crystal West. An episode not to be missed this week. Let's cast away with Irene Ogbontian. Irene, welcome to Castaway. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. First of all, how are you? I'm good. The last couple of weeks have been interesting and quite traumatic, but I think we're in a good space where we're opening conversations and we've been connecting with our peers. And I think the future is looking really positive for change. So I'm really excited, actually. I love the positivity and just the hopefulness. And I think that's the one thing that's getting everyone through. And one thing I've learned, I don't know about you, I've learned about myself anyway, as much as everyone else, is how resilient we are as people. Yeah, agreed. Facts. Same. It's just like just having those open conversations now and, you know, mm. being in a space where we can feel like we can have those conversations for starters mm-hmm. is actually a big mm-hmm. deal. But feeling like our voices can finally be heard and just... I think the most important thing is just that kind of sense of community, which has been important over the last couple of weeks of just realigning and reconnecting and just speaking to your peers, checking in with everybody mentally, physically, seeing how they all are, seeing how they're all doing and just listening. And, you know, it's been a really interesting couple of weeks. But like I said, I'm really excited about the future and the change that's to come. You mentioned something there, the word community, and I think that's so important, and especially the podcasting world, because I feel the podcasting world is this community of, of all these creatives, all these stories, so much information. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the community that you've created, because with TTYA Talks, how did it start out? Well, TTYA stands for Taller Than Your Average, because when you meet me in real life, in IRL, <laughs> you're going to see that I am very much taller than your average human being. It's just more of an inclusive space because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the current fashion narrative spoke to me. So I just made a brand that kind of, you know, had all your wardrobe essentials and fitted into my lifestyle. And then with TTYA Talks, that kind of came about because when I started the business, I noticed that there was incredible amount of like lack of diversity and inclusivity within the fashion industry. 
So I wanted to create a space where we could talk open and freely about the business behind working in creative. And just like some of your basic questions like, babe, like how much should my invoice be? Or how much should I be charging for this? Or, you know, just like the things that you're kind of afraid to ask in the corporate world. But actually, as females, we know statistically we get paid way less than our male counterparts anyway. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just more of an encouraging space to kind of feel like, let's ask the questions that people really want to know. So let's get some amazing female bosses that are kind of pioneering in the industry and have this Q&A roundtable talk of just like, I see that you've done that. I can see you've done it that way. Maybe I can do it this way. So a lot of the questions that we were kind of asking is just like, it's entrepreneurship for everybody because everyone thinks it's so easy to kind of just leave your job and start a brand. But actually it's like a lot of the time you'll see that people work part-time as well to subsidize their income. So just really getting down to the nitty gritty. And we had some amazing creatives that came and we had everyone from Vanessa Kingori MBE, who's the first kind of female yeah, publisher. And we've had everyone from like accessories editor, Donna Wallace, who's also now at Vogue or the global marketing manager at, at Google, who was Nishma Rob. So just really highlighting, you know, women of colour who are kind of pioneering in the industry, but a safe space where we can really ask the questions that we wanted to know. What you do as well, which I love and I really connect with as well, is just challenging ideas that people have. You mentioned talking about money as well. There's always this idea of if you talk about money, it's not very ladylike. And we need to knock that. Like talking about money isn't dirty. It's important because I can tell you one thing. Men have been talking about money for a long time. And it's just challenging those false ideals that we're kind of grown up with. And one thing that's really connected is from the women that I've heard on, on your podcast and on so many is that a lot of women deal with the same things, but privately. Mm-hmm. And it's when you share those stories, when you go, hold on a second, we need to change this, this landscape. Yeah, agreed. And that's the thing. It's just like you suffer in silence. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't know, you can't be what you can't see, you know. So it's just also important to just feel like we can empower women to have the confidence to ask the questions that they want to know. Men have no problem walking into a room and bossing it and they might not have no idea what the hell they're talking about or what they're doing but it's the Mm -hmm. confidence and I feel like sometimes as women maybe we lack the confidence because we're not really sure what we should be asking for but are not always confident in demanding what we should be asking for so I think some of that conversation comes with being able to have kind of like a link up a community of women who can kind of be like actually I did it this way or I can share my story on how I've got to here to also encourage you of like this was my journey and hopefully it might inspire you to want to take that road also mm-hmm. a lot of the the people that you talk to are very successful people but you don't just talk about success it's very important to talk about the hardships the tough times mm-hmm. agreed and, and and a lot of it is kind of storytelling of just like talking through people's trials and tribulations and their journeys and I think that's important because especially in this day and age where we kind of live and die by the sword of social media mm-hmm. what we always see is the highlights so the end product results not necessarily the journey that it's taken to get there so I think it's important to have those conversational spaces where you know people can kind of really talk about their journey and talk about the pros and the cons. Something I saw online recently just about 2020 and and, and what a what a strange year it has been. But someone said hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think it's it's made a lot of us think about things, myself mm-hmm. included. Uh, it's learning. I, I don't know a lot of things is what I've learned. And I'm continuing to kind of inform myself as much as possible. And, you know, with everything that's happened this year, um, between a pandemic, between personal stuff that's happened in my life, between Black Lives Matter, then I just feel I just need to kind of reset 
Does that make sense? Uh, And kind of go back to the drawing board and go, actually, what I thought I knew, I didn't know. And I need to start from scratch again. It's so funny because I've got a running joke with my friends and said that this year is like, you know, when you have your phone and you reset back to factory settings, I feel like that's what Mm. we've all had to do now. We've really had to like restore factory settings of going back to basics and just reloading. And I think it's been great for a lot of us. And I really relate to what you said about personal development in just like, even in this time, sis, I think I've read more books in this quarantine than I've read like the whole of the two, three years combined. I think this downtime has really shown me that my pace that I was moving at was just not sustainable, you know, and just really reevaluating like what is important to me as Irene, as I stand here, just like, who are you? Like, what is your character when you leave behind? Like, and we kind of say this a lot, but what is going to be your legacy? Is it going to be that you worked 150 hours a week? And like, do you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to really leave yeah. behind? Like, what's important for you? So I feel like it's been a really really interesting couple of couple of months and just like I said that master kind of reset back to factory settings <laughs> one um thing you've talked about actually in an episode of your podcast uh you did it with Maya Jama was presenting mm-hmm. and having purpose I love that word yeah. what is your what is your purpose and your purpose isn't necessarily your goal in life mm-hmm. it's nearly bigger than that like your goals help you achieve your purpose and I guess have you kind of had time to think about what your purpose is this year my purpose for me has always, I always it's going to bring it back to that same word that I said to you just earlier was on community and the importance of community. And I think one thing that social media makes you kind of feel is that, oh, if you don't have a million followers and you're not an influencer. And actually, it, I think one question I've always wanted to ask myself is what and who am I influencing? Because I know that I can make a bigger change in my community. And that's what's the bigger importance of influencing to me anyway, not having a million followers on Instagram. So it's just about like, building community building that sense of generational wealth as well and also building Mm. our next generation to feel like they can really actually achieve what it is that they want so about two years ago I started doing a schools tour from South London born and raised and you know on that school tour we had Ray Black we had notes and you know just showing the kids the the people that work behind the scenes in the creative industry around the talent because a lot of the time forward facing they always see the Stormzy's they always see, you know, the Raheem Sterlings, but they don't necessarily understand maybe some of the careers that are behind that or the support system that some of those talent and artists have. And Maya kind of spoke about it a little bit on her podcast in just her whole squad of people that make Maya Jammer, you know, from yeah. her agent to hair to makeup to her glam squad, you know, to her PR. So there's so many other roles in creative that revolve around talent, not just the talent. So I think it's mm-hmm. important for the kids to see that because sometimes they're always met with the end goal which is the celebrity but not actually understanding some of the roles that make that celebrity even function on a day-to-day you know so I think going back to your question is that purpose for me is just coming back and homing in on that real sense of community and this year you know it's everything that everyone has gone through for me and and my experiences I feel like I need to let more conversations into my life. I've always thought I've been quite open to conversations, but then I kind of look at what I'm looking at online. And it's it's kind of, again, talking back to that reset button. And I, I felt a little bit overwhelmed, if, if I'm honest. I felt like I'm going to say the wrong thing. I need to educate myself. And then I was looking online. I saw these are all the books you should read. And I kind of have to think, okay, what is authentic to Laura? I'm go- am I going to buy all these books and read these books? Or what do I do? And if I'm honest, I love a conversation and a chat. I love podcasts. So I, mm-hmm. I've used podcasts as my learning tool. For me, they've been more useful just for me personally than books because I've seen all the books and I bought quite a few, but I haven't read them all. I'll tell you that now, but that's just me. And I feel like buying the books is not good enough. <laughs> you have to get the information. 
Exactly. And I feel like I love the fact that you've been able to identify in what works for you. Same for me. I'm more of an audio person. So I love, even if it's going to be books, I'm an audio book. So I love a podcast as well. So I just feel like, like, like you said, people need to find the mechanisms that work for them and to be able mm-hmm. to absorb as much information as possible. If books are not your flavour, then it doesn't really make sense buying a hundred books. So I've, I'm glad that like, obviously you've been able to identify what works best for you. But also a question, like you said, like, what is going to be the best use of one, your time and two, yeah. for you to absorb the most information that is going to be relevant to you and the people that are going to be around you, you know? So mm-hmm. again, it's just not having that kind of optical allyship, just actually being resourceful and just educating yourself, which I think is the right steps, to be honest. Podcasts as a platform, uh, I find exceptional because it allows space. And I want to speak about a recent podcast you have with FKA Twigs. Mm -hmm. And I've heard Twigs talk before, but normally like at the Enemy Awards or at the Grammys. And it would be like a a soundbite or it would be a print interview that is obviously edited by the journalist. So to actually hear her speak in your podcast at first I was like is this FKA Twigs have I hit the wrong one because you suddenly I don't know is it the space it's just a safe space do people kind of forget there's a microphone there but it is a conversation with friends do you find you get a lot more out of someone than if you probably just had a recorder and you were writing an article or if there was a camera there yeah and you can see the authenticity within it which comes out in all the episodes and particularly in Twigs like Twigs is one of my best friends like she has such a shy exterior but she's so intelligent and also like mm. she's such a hard-working businesswoman and I just feel like sometimes because she is quite shy that doesn't always come across and I think with fibroids and understanding the importance of it she taught me so much just as being her friend like and mm. she was one of the first people that I knew to have it so learning about it through her her educating me as just her friend. So as you would, like your normal girl chat WhatsApp group, you know, like yeah. I'm going through this or I'm up to this or I'm in hospital for this. And I knew what fibroids were before, but I didn't know how many, like it affects up to 80% of women. But also I think for her, it was about showcasing that sometimes as a celebrity, you can kind of almost be put on this pedestal and people don't feel like you're like a real human being. And it was actually well, like, how did, did you actually know that I was going through X, Y, and Z? <laughs> whilst I was filming like an Apple mm-hmm. commercial or whilst I was doing this, you know, the podcast has been so well received. Like I've had DMs from so many women just being like, thank you for highlighting this. And I think for us, it was just kind of creating that safe space where she felt comfortable talking about it. But if, when you listen, you've listened to the episode, it's very bancy. Like it's very us just yeah. literally like us chatting. It's two mates, it's two mates having a chat. Yeah. Yeah. Literally it's just, and that's how all the episodes have kind of been led by and it's always interesting for me because I always find out it more things about my friends sometimes that I didn't even mm. know before whilst we're recording so you hear me like reacting in real time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, is it I didn't know that you never told me that but like yeah. you know this just gave me so much love was uh just when Twigs tells the story of when she was at the Brit school and she said she wanted to do music and she was told by her teacher she didn't have enough skills for music. And I just think if anyone tells you you can't do something, she is living proof. Yeah, it just goes to show, you know, like people might not always believe in your dream, but as long as you believe in yourself, then you're unstoppable. And I think if she never dropped the course or didn't decide to pursue her dream or had listened to that teacher, then should be a dancer now and not a Grammy award winning artist, you know. So, yeah. Follow your dreams. 
whether we want to or not, we all prejudge people. Like I, I do, I'll see someone on the street and immediately in my head, I'll build up who I think their character is. And then it's important for me to break down what that uh, perceived idea is. And mm-hmm. and I think you do such a great job with your podcast. Um, I know with Twigs afterwards, I just came away with like going, oh my God, I want to be your friend. I want to be, I want to go out <laughs> with those two girls for coffee and I want to have chats. <laughs> like that's, oh, that's best. what you've created. I'm going to talk about some of your recommendations because you have some great ones here. Some mm-hmm. we've mentioned before, some we have and some are new ones you've brought um, okay. to the table. Uh, and the first one I'm going to mention uh, is actually one, if you haven't heard of it before, you might recognise it because it was recently featured in Michaela Cole's show, I May Destroy You. And that is The Receipts Podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell me about The Receipts Podcast. Oh my God, I love love the receipts so I actually Tolly who's part of the receipts actually produces mm-hmm. my podcast so it's like a real 360 moment so she's great um, Melina and Audrey and it's it's a weekly podcast they kind of discuss kind of current affairs I love this super unfiltered approach to all their topics so it might just be like you know everything from like racial injustice in the workplace to I think I fancy my boyfriend's dad you know it's very like (laughs) wide spectrum you know but I feel like their personality really comes through it and they've had some amazing guests like Regina King who I'm absolutely obsessed with on their show so I really love them like me and Audrey used to work together so again it's just that sense of community you know we're all supporting each other and I feel like every time I listen to their podcast, I know that I'm going to literally, I can't be drinking while I listen to their podcast because I know that whatever I'm drinking is going to be splattered out somewhere because it's just so funny. and They're just so funny. So I love their podcast so much. So my question and my dilemma is, when when is enough enough and when is it best to end a relationship? Oh, girl. Exactly. I was about to say, you know, it's just so interesting for... To hear someone so young and to think that, you know, she won't find love. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is you probably don't have love now. Mm-hmm. That's what yes. it sounds Fact. like, Ooh. you know. I'm getting yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, break up with his ass yeah. right now. I feel yeah. like from the point you said he's narcissistic, mm. he's annoying. You basically said you hate him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Doesn't let you have an opinion. Yeah. It's at that moment that you're like, maybe this person is not for me. And yeah, heartbreak is hard, but being the wrong person is harder, I think. Exactly. I think it's definitely worse than heartbreak definitely and I think he's set in his ways and I think that when you get to a certain point you can't change people and I think that's what she's hoping she can do is like that she can change him but you can't this is who he is and you either let's stop holding on to change men I think well first of all I wonder how old this he's probably about 21 years old to be fair yeah Yeah. or he might be older and Mm. getting in her head Mm. we call that giving them she has worms in her brain now (laughs) Um, if it's an older man, I think that people have to want to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that um, anyone can change someone else. Mm-hmm. But you can be in. I think a healthy relationship is when you're in it and you both realize yeah. your w- where you need to grow, mm-hmm. where you need to um, make adjustments. Yeah, to um, make the relationship um, healthier. Yeah. yeah. We just Absolutely. need to stop holding on to potential and hope as well. Hoping yeah, he's going to change, he's going to change. Baby, you're 21 in university. Focus on your studies and having fun. Exactly. Definitely dump him. Like, yeah, I think oh, definitely so. dump yeah. him. Cry the quiet yeah. dictation you need to cry yeah, and yeah. keep it moving. I'll, I'll cross yeah. the table. All four of us say in agreement. he's got Okay, so it's leave him, sis. Yeah, leave him, sis. Leave him, sis. So after three, one, one two, two, three, leave him, sis. Very straightforward. Next dilemma.
the Evening Standard said that the whole show is essentially eavesdropping on a group of friends, but it must be weird because they are actually your friends. Yeah, and it, it, like, it's literally like your girl group WhatsApp chat, you know? Like, literally, that's what you feel like you're in. And like, I think with them, it's just so real. But maybe because I know them personally as well, it's the added laughter as well. Culturally, I just feel like it's they've, they've nailed their audience in who they appeal to, but also just like the joy of it. And I love their artwork as well, like the actual receipt paper. <laughs> it's just iconic so yeah I love the receipts so much it's girl talk with no filter it's it's fun it's honest but it's also and I think actually that's the best thing sometimes with podcasts when you listen to something that's a bit of fun but it's such a great learning tool I'm just wondering has it made you rethink anything in your life or question anything when when these conversations are happening what have you taken from it any specifics I think with the receipts, so I did a really cool episode with the receipts, actually. And I think mine was more of the less of the wild topic points, but just like talking on relationships and trauma and also like the actual creative industry as a whole, because they're the ones that kind of made me feel like raw. Like, you know, you can just kind of tell your story, but you don't actually really look at what you've achieved. And when I went on their Mm -hmm. podcast, I swear the first 24 hours I've been on their podcast, I think I had like 400 DMs on Insta of girls just messaging me and being like, oh my God, I can relate to you. Oh my God, like, thank you for sharing your story. Like, I'm the same. Like, I didn't know if I should leave my job or go into my business full time. And it was just kind of just that real connection of you seeing, okay, actually, I've done something quite good with my life, with my time, you know, that can be quite inspiring to others. And that was the first time I really looked and thought, wow, like actually telling your story is necessary, especially within our community. It's important for people to not just see your highlights, but to really understand the work that goes into it. And that's kind of where the foundation for everything that I've done with regards to my podcast kind of came from, if I'm really honest. Sharing is caring and shared experiences are so important. Uh, you mentioned you took a little break from doing your own podcast with everything around Black Lives Matter. And and you, you said that a lot of trauma resurfaced for you and you just decided not to put out some episodes and just you know you I know you went offline for a little while and kind of took time for yourself and I'm just wondering how important is it to kind of have these podcasts here for your community to have those shared experiences and to go oh my god I I've dealt with that before but I've never said anything or I never realized how wrong that was. Yeah I think it's super important and I think like we said, like we're stronger in numbers and the more you share Mm -hmm. your experiences, the more that you'll find that there's probably a whole heap of women have also been going through the same thing. And I think even when I took a break from the podcast and it was just understanding that, you know, this is so crazy. And there was even trauma that you haven't dealt with in the past is now resurfacing. And I think for me, the difficulty that I felt personally was just that, you know, I started my brand because I felt excluded from a fashion narrative. Mm. So to see all these brands now all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and, you know, pledging their allegiance was just so wild to me because their internal business structures were not matching what their optical allyship that they were posting on social media. And obviously you can't, you know, get Twitter finger happy and just like go off on everyone. But I just thought, actually, let me just concern myself with what I can change. I can't take the world's Mm -hmm. problems on my shoulders. And what I can change is... What am I going to commit to my community? How am I going to build a better business infrastructure? What is my definition of happiness and success? And if I can work on all of those things, I'm sure organically and naturally, I'll be able to be the change that I want to see. Well, that feels like a very smart and progressive way to do that. But I mean, you've worked in the fashion industry for a long time. You talk about the exclusion that you've seen. It must piss you right off, though, when, when you see all these brands where you know internally what is going on, the shit that's happening, and they come out and they put a black square up or they come out and they say, you know, Black Lives Matter. Like, that, 
That must piss you off a little bit. Yeah, it did. And I did put out a, a post that kind of went viral on Instagram, which was just about, mm-hmm. you know, optical allyship and the mm-hmm. importance of your internal business structure matching what you're presenting on social media. So if you're going to mm-hmm. stand against anti-racism, if you're going to stand with us on injustice, we need your business structures to also represent that. Otherwise, it's falling on deaf ears. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a trend. It's not a, it's not a facade. It isn't a marketing buzzword tool. You know, this is our real mm-hmm. life. Like we genuinely have to think about where we're going to go, when we're going to go there. We genuinely have to think about the way we speak because are we going to be called aggressive? Are we not going to be called a team player? You know, so you genuinely have to think about these things as being a black person in the workplace. And mm-hmm. has your internal structures been able to enhance the careers of the black people that work within your business or have you suppressed them? Make it make sense. That's my favorite saying, like mm-hmm. it needs to make sense. Make it make sense. And all we're asking for is an equal share of the playground. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not asking for reparations, which we should Mm -hmm. be, but we're not asking for reparations. We're just asking for equal rights, which I think is fair. And it has pissed me off. But all I can do is be, like I said to you, be the change that I want to see. So being able Mm -hmm. to use my platform to speak out. I I had this kind of hashtag that was like, apply the pressure. Like now this is the time to apply the pressure. We're great that we've got the space that we're able to have open ears to listen. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful for that. But this is the time now to apply the pressure. You speak about those shared experiences and your own experiences. And I want to move on to the next podcast, uh, which is Black Gals Living. Mm-hmm. Vic and Jazz, who, they, they use their own experiences. They talk about racism, especially mm-hmm. during their school days to kind of reinforce how vital it is that children are taught the damaging and historical events around racism because a lot of people just don't know stuff. Sometimes mm. it's like no one will turn around and say, I am racist. No one will say that. A lot of it comes down to pure ignorance. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this podcast, Irene. Oh, I love black girls living. They're mm. my, like my Essex babes. That's what I call them. My black Essex this babes. Was my, this was my book. <laughs> Remember when I said that I, was, I didn't want to, or I was like or, going to order loads of books. I was like, do you know what? This is, this is my juicy book that I want to, to read at night. Oh, they're really great and like you said it's just that you know they speak on real um, relevant issues popular culture mm-hmm. like a lot of the podcasters that I recommend are like popular culture so you can kind of see what I'm kind of into <laughs> but you know I feel like it was important to be you know invested and think about family personal discussions mental health especially in the black male community is at an all-time high like in terms of like suicide like it's crazy you know and There isn't many safe spaces for people to be open and honest. And I think what the girls are able to do within the discussion platform that they've created is just give us a sense of of inclusion, but in a real authentic way. So that's why I really like Black Girls Living. Uh, They've also been challenging companies and influencers to to, to do better, to be better. I think you even say... I've mentioned that before. Like the one thing is, is this for all of us just to be better? Like that's what we're all striving to be. And I think, I'll, I know myself included, you're kind of overwhelmed by what happens if I, I say the wrong thing. I want to support online, but you know, what do I say? That's the right thing to say. Uh, and also how am I being present, not just online, but also offline as well. Have, have you, I suppose, what would be your advice or have you had a lot of people kind of come to you going, Irene, what should I do? I don't know what to do. Oh my God, so many, so many people, so many brands. But like I said, we're open to conversations and we're open to discussion. Mm -hmm. Part of learning and growing is actually listening and evaluating. And I respect the brands who have been open and honest and saying, you know what, we haven't actually done it the best way. Can you help us? Or we haven't necessarily gone about it the the best way, but we do want change, you know? So you you can't, you can't kick, 
kick people while they're down. You've got to be even respectful of the fact that they're happy to even have that conversation and understanding. And I think for me, it was just, well, okay, if you're really going to be about it, let's be about it then, you know, let's see your business structure. Are you happy to reveal that? Like internally, how many black members of staff do you have? How many are in senior managerial roles? Like what is the current environment set up for your black employees? Like just having those kind of real meaningful conversations has been Mm -hmm. really important, but also understanding that the industry as a whole is cross-sectional, so many things interlinked. So if we can have those open, broad conversations and also like actually, you know, merge it with fashion and merge it with music. It's all well and good music having a conversation over here, but actually how's that going to intersect with fashion and how's fashion going to intersect with broadcasting and how's broadcasting going to intersect back with music, you know? So there has to be kind of like a 360 kind of remit, but just understanding that some of these brands are really open to this conversation right now. And that's the kind of beginning steps, I think, for me. Obviously, part of your job is to consult. Like, that's what you do. But one of the things, and during this time as well, is is that you can't just, it's important to ask questions, but you kind of have to start from yourself too. You've got to kind of work out yourself. It's your job to learn. You can't just get other people just to teach you. It's, it's about you learning yourself. Um, mm-hmm. An incredible book is the best selling. I mean, most people will know it. Why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. And from this book came the podcast about race with Rennie Edolodge. Tell me about this. It's on your recommendations. Oh, I love Rennie. And I feel like this podcast, and that's why I say things kind of really work in the 360s so Renee who's actually the producer of this podcast I met Mm -hmm. Renee when I did the receipts because she was producing the receipts podcast and then Mm. Renee's the one that said to me have you thought about starting a podcast see how see how everything's everything everything is connected isn't it everything is connected everything is so Renee actually produced this podcast and that's how I first discovered it and Mm -hmm. what I loved about this podcast is First of all, I love Rennie's voice. There's something therapeutic mm. about Rennie's voice in that when she speaks, it's kind of authoritative, but not in a demanding way. So when she speaks, mm-hmm. you're really listening to what she has to mm-hmm. say, talking about the racial injustice and feminism and how those two are interlinked with each other as well. And, you know, the Me Too movement and her storytelling through her podcast was really amazing to me, like listening to her journey and understanding the struggles that she's actually been through and now making it all make sense, you know, and... That's why I love her podcast because it really comes from an authentic place. My main concern is analysing the political power of whiteness. So I really don't want to get stuck in conversations about who's black and who isn't. But then again, I'm so obviously of West African heritage that my race is never called into question. But that's not the case for every person of colour. I had a really interesting conversation with the rapper author and activist Akala about this very issue. I identify as black because that's my upbringing. Obviously, I'm biologically mixed and I recognise that and I don't deny any of my heritage. And I think it's a different conversation. When I have a conversation with a person who has two black parents like yourself and they're like, well, if you're black, then what am I? I have two black parents. What's the difference? I think there's a different internal conversation among people racialized as black where I am happy to say, well, yes, obviously I'm mixed. My problem is that most mixed people who emphasise their mixedness, in, in my humble opinion, and from looking at the history of it, is to emphasise I'm not black. It's not to say, look, I have this position, I'm caught between two worlds, in a world partly governed by white supremacy. The tradition of what I'll call mulatto nationalism has always been a regressive political tradition, whereas black nationalism, I mean, the most famous black nationalist of all time, Bob Marley or Marcus Garvey, both Jamaicans, one's mixed. How was black nationalism broad enough as a nationalist conceptualization 
to incorporate someone like Bob Marley, white nationalism, you can't imagine the KKK saying, hey, Bob, welcome in, right? <laughs> so this is one of the reasons it's absurd to compare black nationalism and white mm. nationalism. Black nationalism literally evolved in resistance to slavery. White nationalism literally evolved as a, justifying a means of owning other human beings. They're not comparable. Her book did incredibly well and it actually topped the UK book charts. But But what's so crazy, Irene, is that it's the first black British author to top the UK book charts. If you think about all the incredible British black authors there have been, she was the first, which is great, but also makes you question what happened to all the other authors? Why did they not get that that backing, the sport and the, and the platform? Yeah, I think she loves the fact that she's written something so amazing, but sometimes it's she's in a catch-22 because it's kind of just always used at a time when there's some sort of racial injustice has been made, you know, p- portrayed in the media. And it's always a bit like, yeah. you guys should educate yourself. You should go and get Rennie's book. But this book. she's also just a bit like, my book isn't just a tokenism way of you to kind of educate yourself. It's about yeah. real situations and real advice and real insight into what me as a black woman and what my narrative is, you know? So... I think mm-hmm. it was important, like you, like you've mentioned earlier, in that people need to are in charge of their own education, you know, and in charge mm-hmm. of their own understanding and their own learning. But her book is definitely a good starting, <laughs> good starting place. It's definitely a great starting place. We're going to move to the next recommendation, and that is the read. Tell me about the read. Oh, I love the read. It's actually Clara Ampho that first sent me the read. And it's hosted by vlogger Kid Fury and internet mm-hmm. personality Chrissy West. And mm-hmm. again, popular culture, but they they have a really cool segment on, on their weekly podcast called The Black Excellence. And every week they kind of highlight, not necessarily a famous celebrity, but, you know, people who are really making progressive strengths within their communities. So that's always a really good element of their podcast that I love because you get to, again, you learn about new people, what they're doing in their community. And just, you know, it's just really nice and uplifting. Let's start with our use Black Excellence this week goes to a powerful black woman named Kiko Davis. She's the owner of the only black woman-owned black woman-owned bank in the nation, what? according to Black Enterprise. Um, she's the majority stockholder of the First Independence Bank, which is apparently the 10th largest black-owned bank in the country. Um, she's also a leader of the Don, founder and president of the Don Davis Legacy Foundation, which I believe is named after her husband, who was also a powerful, smart, rich black. Okay. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you wanted to support, bank with a place that you can trust is held by a black woman and her black face in essence, then it's the first independence bank. I love this quote that I read on Because of Them We Can, where she discusses um, how she feels about women being leaders. She said, we possess a level of empathy for people in general with a higher level of sensitivity towards women and minorities. Hmm. Oftentimes, it's a skill set that unfortunately some men and non-minorities do not possess. They simply are socialized differently. I believe in order to lead people effectively, you must be able to understand them or at least want to. And to that, Mm. Ms. Davis, Mrs. Davis, (laughs) I say thank you, and I concur. Correct. So, because that's really what's going on. Like, ask these white women how many of them end up going to small or local or black-owned banks for their business loans when the big white boys say no. Right. I'm just saying. So, shout out to her. 
with, with podcasts, what I love, someone coming from television where everything is timed, you're given a count, you've got ad breaks, everything has to be so like restricted in ways, especially with, with conversations. Podcasts can be any length they want it. The read, I mean, I think it's about two hours, I think, each episode. Yeah, their episodes are quite long. I love that, though, because it means you're not cutting it off, though. The, the conversation's there. As I said, it's a, when you go and meet your friend and you have a chat or when, when you want to get into a deep conversation or when you want to throw shade at someone. or Like, you can't really time that. Oh, you got to let it have its space. Exactly. And I love it. I just put it on, like, in the house. For me, that's, like, my go-to on a Saturday. Like, when I wake up and I'm, like, tidying up the house. I'll just put it on. Well, I wanted to ask you that, actually. Uh, something I ask all our guests is, is where do you listen to podcasts? So would that be, would you kind of blast it in the speakers? As No one really ever sits down and just listens to a podcast. Are you a multitasker? Well, before pre-COVID, <laughs> it was more journey, like on the train or when you were making yeah. your commutes, you'd listen to them. But where we've been at home more, it is literally like blasting them in the house and going through a couple. And But I'm quite anal in a sense of just like, even with like the read, that's my Saturday morning get up. So mm-hmm. I know that that's going to be my go-to when I'm tidying up the house on a Saturday morning, I'm going to put on the read. Whereas the receipts, I know that that's all, that's a bit of shits and giggles, you know? So like that yeah. can go at any time. Anytime I feel like a bit of an uplift or, you know, I might see that they've put out an episode that I really want to, can't wait to listen to. Even when I'm just working in the background, I can put that on for a bit of bands, you know? So yeah. I think it's just dependent on the podcast that I'm listening to and the time. But I do have like some of my podcasts I'm quite regimented in when I want to listen to them. Um, it just gives you that routine. I know during lockdown, podcasts were a routine. I know, I know exactly what day whose goes out. So I'm like, oh, today's Wednesday. <laughs> you know what that means. Have you had a chance actually to, because the read, they've launched their late night TV show. It went live on Fuse. Have you checked any of that out? I haven't yet. I haven't. Do you know what? I was saving a time when I could really focus on it. Like I actually want to be with my friends and watch that. So now that lockdown has eased up a bit and you can kind of have like your social bubbles, I think now's the time mm-hmm. when we're going to do like a dinner. You know, like you're going to have dinner with friends round and like actually get into it. That's what I was saving it for. With lockdown, so we spent a lot of time by ourselves. <laughs> and I actually find the hardest thing kind of about going back out again and, you know, meeting a friend in the pub or going to the park or whatever is... I've kind of, I like the little bubble of being at home listening to podcasts. I'm getting very lazy about being out in public again. How are you coping with like emerging out into the wild again? I'm, sis, I'm the same. Like even being home has been so great for me because I was mm. traveling so much that it's almost been like my house was passing ships with me. It was so weird. Yeah. I've come, changed the UK, is keeping me in. And now I've just invested so much. Like even my plants are flourishing. Everything's flourishing in the household. And just even my cooking skills have got a lot better. I'm, t- I'm taking small wins wherever I can, you know. Yeah, I'll I take didn't it. master I'll banana bread it. like everybody else on social media. But, you know, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I've, I can do a good pasta Alfredo. I've nailed it now, you know. Will you be recording more episodes of TTYA Talks? Yes, we, we're rounding up season one now. I think we've got three more episodes to go. I've got Jodie Turner-Smith, who was queen in Queen and Slim, with Daniel Kaluuya. So she's on and talks about acting and social injustice and being a black female actor and just being a mother, being a wife now. Like, it's just, uh, that was like a therapy session. And me and Jodie have been friends for so long. So it's just so good to see her doing so well. But it was more like a therapy session. Because like I said to you, I always learn something new about Mm. my friendship groups when I come off them. But also it's just like that catch-up of, just hanging out with your friends and just having that chat. And I think with mm-hmm. Jodie's, it was interesting because she was kind of thrust into the limelight with Queen and Slim, but had actually been been in like True Blood and a few other things before. 
she talks about like obviously growing up in Petersburg and moving to the States, moving to Maryland and then to LA. So it's really interesting, her journey. So I'm really excited for that episode. And then we'll have Grace Ladoja who's going to, you know, kind of delve into the A&R world and being a creative manager. So she manages Skepta. She has a whole agency which kind of looks after artists such as Octavian and an amazing producer from Nigeria called SARS. So we'll have her episode and just, she started a festival in Nigeria called Homecoming and she's had everyone from Wizkid to Burner Boy to Tenny, all the new acts and there's a few bangers, but a few personal favourites as well. I love, I know you mentioned like the people behind the big stars and actually mm-hmm. what happens behind the scenes. You have such a, a great mixture of people uh, on your podcast. And I always think it's the people behind the scenes who've got the best stories. Like, yes. I, that, it's, you know, <laughs> sometimes when you do these interviews with the actual stars, nah, 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 they're not going to give you the juicy stuff. It's the people who work with them, the people who are making them, the producers, the people behind the scenes. Amazing. Definitely. I agree. I know you have a lot of friends on your podcast. Just wondering, though, who's the dream person to have on? Michelle Obama. I think she'd be great. <gasps> And she's tall. Do you know what? So we can actually That's who talk I about said. Like, and she's tall. Yeah, yeah. And she's tall. So we can talk about hashtag talk girl problems. Hashtag tall, tall girl problems. We can actually catch <laughs> a vibe. Um, but I went to her Becoming live show at, at the O2 when she came to London. Mm-hmm. And I shed a little tear, as with most women in that room. But it was just amazing to be in a space in a 20,000 capacity venue, which was probably filled with, I would say, 90% women and just that mm-hmm. energy and that that presence that she brings to stage but I also feel like there's so much I would want to ask her like you know like what you want to ask they her? always say like behind every you know successful strong man, man or successful man yeah. is a strong woman and I feel like mm-hmm. there's probably so much insight that she could just give us in what that must have been like you know and mm-hmm. even when I watched her documentary on Netflix and you know her she didn't go into it too much but just a bit about how much she was ridiculed and how the opposing party were kind of using her and talking about her height and calling her a man and you know just like throwing every type of insecurity that you could have back at you and you've got to still be she did have that famous speech of when she said when they go low you go high you know but just understanding that sis that must not have been easy for you to go high because I'm sure there's a couple of times where you could have gone low and you could have gone lower Mm -hmm. you know but just you know speaking to her as a woman but also understanding the transition of from being in the spotlight now to being behind the scenes and what that has meant for their family and how they've adapted and just how she's building her business and what her legacy. I've got so many questions I'd love to ask her, but that would be like... Oh my God, I'm listening to that episode. (laughs) I am listening to that episode. Uh, Irene, on that note, thank you so much for joining me on Castaway. Thank you for the recommendations and thank you for your podcast. Oh, you're a superstar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Love you. (laughs) And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care. And finally, thank you to TK Maxx for partnering with us on this episode of Castaway. Since 2004, TK Maxx customers and associates have raised over £37 million for Cancer Research UK for children and young people. You guys can be part of this incredible initiative and help more children survive cancer by joining me in supporting their Give Up Clothes for Good campaign. 
Simply drop off a bag of your pre-loved quality clothes, accessories and homeware at your local TK Maxx store whenever you next have a clear out and your items will be sold in Cancer Research UK shops. All of the money raised will support research into cancers affecting children and young people. Thank you, TK Maxx.